That's you live now. Lovely, Emer. Thank you very much for that. And just to remind members that, um, just in case I can't see, if you want to indicate, maybe Emer. Well, Emer normally just can see the raised hand facility in that, so um, just do that. And just advise us that when it comes to agenda item eleven, um, well, we're going to formally consider a draft out in order to member statements and, and indeed some of the legal advice. I just want to seek your agreement if we could move to closed session um, for that item, particularly the legal advice. Agreed. Okay. Um, and Eamor, before I go into the meeting formally, just on behalf of the committee, I want to thank you and your staff yesterday um, for all the work that you've done on both motions. Um, just regardless of the outcome, we just want to thank we all appreciate the work we just put in. So just have that formally. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've also received apologies from Rosemary and Sinead. And you said it was a third, Eamor? Yes, and Morris Bradley as well. Okay, no bother. So listen, um, the draft minutes of the 2nd of June are page 5. I remember to agree to, um, sorry, content to agree those minutes, please. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, there's no matters arising. So the private members bill um, and the briefing by our researchers, that just all remember, that the previous research papers on the private members bills from 2016 and 2017 and what we asked was to seek a refresh and update of those current research papers. So page 13 of our pack, there's a cover note from Eamor and at page 15 is a research paper um, and we're joined by Ray McCaffrey. Um, so can we just check that Ray's in the uh, um, in the waiting room, and we we'll bring him in. That's Ray my cow. Great stuff. Um, Ray, I can't see you, but you're very welcome uh, to the meeting. Thanks, uh, Sarah. <clears throat> so, um, if you oh, I can see you now, Ray. So, okay. Ray, if you want to just begin by briefness, it's whenever you're ready. Sure, yeah. Um, thanks, Chair, and good afternoon, members. Um, so the paper is essentially an update of uh, an amalgamation of two papers that were prepared uh, back in January 2017. Um, it provides information on the number of private members' bills passed in recent years uh, in legislatures in the UK and Ireland, and also details how private members' bills are selected and processed. Um, as part of the research in 2017, um, contact was made directly with officials in the Scottish Parliament, Welsh Parliament, uh, then Welsh Assembly, House of Commons and Doyle Aaron with questions around procedure and support for, for private members' bills. Uh, and this was repeated for the most recent research. And I think this is important because often the publicly available information on websites such as guidance documents and standing orders um, they don't really give you the full picture uh, as regards internal processes that, that legislatures may have in place. And I suppose one thing just to say at the outset is that the research found that the processes for dealing with private members' bills um, have really largely remained unchanged with the possible exception of, of doyle Aaron. So, Chair, I'll run through the, the procedures for PMBs in each of the legislatures, and I'll begin with the Scottish Parliament. Um, so in the Scottish Parliament, before um, they even get to the stage of a bill, a member must lodge a draft proposal, uh, which is followed by a final proposal. 
And so the draft proposal must be accompanied either by a consultation document or by a statement of reasons why the member does not consider a consultation process necessary. And the committee to which the bill is referred uh, might decide that it's not satisfied with the reasons given by the member for not consulting. Uh, and in such circumstances, the proposal would fall unless the member uh, within two months lodges a consultation document. Subsequently, the final proposal, uh, which must be broadly similar to the draft proposal, is published in the uh, business bulletin for one month. The draft bill is expected to give effect to this final proposal. Um, but if by the end, uh, or if by the end of the one month period, the proposal has the support of at least eighteen other members from at least half of the parties or groups represented in the parliamentary bureau, uh, and the Scottish government has not exercised its right to block the proposal, uh, the member secures a right to introduce a bill uh, to give effect to their final proposal. Uh, there is no limit to the number of proposals for private members' bills uh, that each member may lodge. Uh, but a member can't have more than two proposals, uh, that's whether draft or final, in progress simultaneously. Uh, a proposal continues to count towards this quota until it falls or it's withdrawn, uh, or until a bill uh, is introduced to give effect to it is passed, falls or is withdrawn. Uh, in terms of the support that a member can avail of, uh, the Non-Government Bills Unit, uh, the NGBU, assists with policy development, uh, can summarise consultation responses, uh, secure the drafting of a bill, uh, prepare briefings and give procedural advice. Um, the NGBU currently consists of six clerking staff, although the full complement is eight, uh, which equates to roughly seven full-time equivalent. Uh, the main cost of providing this service is staff salary costs. Uh, NGBU is supported by a team of four Scottish Parliament solicitors. Um, although this is supporting uh, private members' bills is only part of what those solicitors do. Uh, NGBU maintains a pa panel of external drafters whom it can instruct to draft members' bills. And the unit has a budget of around £30,000 a year for this purpose. Uh, in terms of levels of demand, uh, the unit aims to support every MSP who seeks its support. Um, although it will not provide resources, for example, policy development or drafting to proposals that it considers to be outside the Parliament's uh, legislative competence. It doesn't operate any further selection or prioritisation criteria, um, although it does have the option of going to the Parliament's corporate body to get authorisation to prioritise some bills over others, um, should it find itself facing a level of demand that it cannot meet. Turning to the Welsh Parliament, it differs from the Scottish Parliament in that it operates a ballot system for private members' bills. Uh, so standing orders state that from time to time the presiding officer must hold a ballot to determine the name of a member, other than a member of the government who may seek to introduce a member's bill. Uh, any member uh, of the Welsh Parliament who is not a member of the Welsh Government may submit a proposal for a bill. Um, however, a member who has previously been successful in the ballot may not apply. The preference is to keep the number of ballots reasonably low and not to have two members' bills running at the same time. Uh, and ideally, there should be a three-month gap between members' bills. So in terms of the process, a member who is successful in a ballot uh, may table a motion uh, seeking the Parliament's agreement to introduce a bill that will give effect to their uh, essentially their pre-ballot information. Um, such a motion must be debated within 35 working days of the date of the ballot. Members then have approximately 12 months to introduce a bill. 
And again, in terms of support available to members, a specific bill team of Senate Commission officials uh, only becomes available to a member after their proposal has received what is called leave to proceed. Um, although they can at any time uh, avail of advice from the Policy and Legislation Committee Service or the Chambering Committee Service. And uh, support is always available from Legal Services and Research Service. Um, and for example, the bill team might include uh, the clerk responsible for scrutiny support and coordination, members of the research service uh, who might specialise in both the policy area of the proposed bill and financial scrutiny, and members of the legal service. Um, and the bill team works for the member in charge and their support staff to develop briefings to assist them in responding, uh, for example, to questions. Uh, and they're happy to adapt the style of the briefing to the member's preferences. Um, they can also help the member prepare for committee, um, for example, by holding a, a practice run of what the member can expect when they're in front of a committee. And just to point out, the Welsh Parliament has advised that they're reviewing the processes in place for supporting all non-government bills, uh, including private members' bills. Uh, and officials have recently held two staff workshops to help inform that review. And now this may well result in some changes to the support um, that they put in place. Uh, and they are going to keep me informed of any changes or developments that result from those workshops. And uh, of course, I'll pass this along to the to the clerk. Um, the House of Commons um, uh, is always slightly different, just really given the the. Um, I suppose the age of the institution, they can often seem to be a bit of an outlier in terms of how they approach things. Um, and it reflects sort of custom and practice that has really evolved over many decades. So there are three ways in which an MP can attempt to progress a PMB. So ballot bills are the most common. They have the best chance of becoming law as they get priority for the, the really limited amount of debating time available. So the, members of, the names of members applying for a bill are drawn on a ballot held on the second sitting Thursday of a parliamentary session. Um, it gives, uh, the ballot for private members' bills gives members the chance to be one of the first 20 to introduce a private members' bill on a subject of their choice. Uh, now, those drawn higher in the ballot are uh, more likely to get time to debate their bill. Um, and normally in practice, the first seven ballot bills are most likely to get a day's debate. Another option is the 10-minute rule bill, um, but these are really an opportunity for members to voice an opinion on a subject or aspect of existing legislation. They're not really seen uh, as a serious attempt to get a bill passed. Um, members make speeches of no, speeches of no more than 10 minutes, uh, hence the name, outlining their position. Um, now, another member may oppose uh, in a similar short statement, um, but it is a good opportunity to raise the profile of an issue and to see whether it has support among other members. Finally, presentation bills. Any member may introduce a bill in this way, uh, as long as they've given notice of their intention to do so. Um, members formally introduce the title of the bill, but do not speak uh, in support of it. And in reality, they, they rarely become, become law. Um, and again, Chair, just quickly on the support available. Um, the clerk of private members' bills drafts some uh, ballot bills and draws in drafting resources from other parts of the House of Commons, such as lawyers in the scrutiny unit. Um, other bills are drafted by outside organisations and lawyers. Um, for 10-minute rule and presentation bills, a very limited service is offered. Um, help is provided with drafting of the bill, uh, sorry, if the bill is short and plenty of notice is given. Um, but many 10-minute rule and presentation bills never get beyond um, the short and long titles. Um, and just as a, a final point on that, the first 10 members in the ballot are entitled to claim up to £200 uh, from public funds uh, towards the cost of 
drafting assistance for their bill. Uh, finally, to our uh, Doyle Iron, there have been changes made to the process for private members' bills uh, in Doyle Iron in recent years. So in 2016, the subcommittee on Doyle Reform uh, initiated a review of the private members' process and the support offered to uh, private members' bills. Uh, and subsequently, a drafting service was established to ensure that private members' bills were drafted to high standards. Um, a new stage in, in the process uh, called Detailed Scrutiny was introduced in 2016. Um, this was introduced really in response to the sort of increasing numbers of private members' bills getting through second stage. Uh, and there was a, a view that they really wanted to ensure that those bills were subjected to a similar level of scrutiny as government bills. Um, government bills are subjected to pre-legislative scrutiny. This was a process uh, introduced in November 2013. So there was a feeling that they wanted to sort of um, ensure that non-government bills were, were receiving the same level of scrutiny. Um, but somewhat sort of unusually, perhaps, that this new stage of detailed scrutiny is really contingent on firstly the sponsor of the private members bill requesting that the committee undertake detailed scrutiny uh, and that the business committee does not grant a waiver for detailed scrutiny um, so it still seems to be sort of um, really at the behest of the member if they want their bill to go through this extra layer of scrutiny um, again all members have the right to propose a private members bill um, but a member must have the permission of the house uh, via vote proposal that leave to introduce be given to have the bill printed and placed on the order paper. Um, understanding orders of members entitled to move for leave to introduce a bill and is permitted to make an explanatory statement not exceeding five minutes as part of this procedure. Um, parties or groups, um, minimum of five members who are formally recognised understanding orders do not need to seek leave to introduce a private member's bills. Um, however, only one private member bill per group can be on the order paper at any one time. Uh, but this does not apply to government parties. Uh, there are three slots for private members business each week, uh, two hours each on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, private members bills on Thursday are selected by a lottery in the business committee. Uh, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, private members time is allocated on a rota according to size of the party and group. It's really then a matter for that party or group to choose how they want to use their allocated time. So, for example, they can choose to use their, use their slot for either a motion or a bill. It's entirely up to them. So, Chair, that's just a quick run through of the paper. Um, I suppose to sum up, not surprisingly, there is no standard approach to how private members' bills are dealt with. Um, I do think it's sort of interesting the measures put in place to, to regulate the number of bills brought forward in the Scottish and Welsh parliaments. Uh, so in Scotland, you need the support of at least 18 other members from at least half of the groups represented in the parliament. And to me, Wales seems more restrictive again with its ballot system, which appears to, to quite significantly limit the ability of members uh, to bring forward a bill. Um, so, Chair, with that, I'd be happy to try and answer any, any questions that members may have. Thank you, Ray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very quick run through. I mean, as you went through each institution, um, between custom and practice, and even just consent, it's it's certainly not straightforward by any stretch. <coughs> so, you may actually have a bit more flexibility than certainly Wales does, for example, which mm -hmm. we're all referred to. Um, so, um, I'm going to throw it open for questions or comments from members 
Aimer, has anybody indicated yet? No, no hands raised currently, no. Okay, right, can I just ask you just to clarify something? In relation to Leinster House, did you say that parties have an allocated time and they decide how to use their time in terms of either the builds or even motions? So it's either or? Is that the case? Yeah, they have they have that option. So um, on Thursdays, um, private members' business is selected by a lottery, but then on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, private members' time is allocated on a rota according to the size or the weight of party or group. So at that stage, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, um, it's really up to the party or group to choose how they want to use their allocated time. So if you want to use your slot for a motion, you can do that. But if you want to bring forward a bill, uh, they can do that as well. It's, it's entirely up to them. And at, so, but all institutions have provided both um, help with drafting, you know, should it be like, for example, in Scotland, it's, you know, draft and final proposals, but they all help with drafting. And indeed, is Westminster the only legislator that, that uses outside or kind of consents to use out or accepts? outside um, preparation of bills? No, Charles, uh, as I understand, I think Scotland have the option to go outside if they need to. But Scotland have the NGBU. NGBU, yeah. yeah. And so what, what their preference is, if they feel they're getting overwhelmed, they can go to the corporate body and say, look, we we would like to prioritise some bills over others, but they at the outset, they don't place any limits on the number of bills that can come forward. Uh, it's just if they feel that their capacity is, is sort of getting maxed out, then they'll, they'll maybe go to the corporate body and say, well, look, we, we need to sort of prioritise here. But, but certainly the consent for a bill to go through in Scotland, the threshold seems to be higher than anywhere else. Yeah, to get 18 members across at least half the parties and um, yeah. that that's struck me as fairly high now when you look at the number of proposals that come through in scotland it does seem to be a, a healthy sort of flow but um again you know you're getting into things like the, the culture of the institution and how difficult would it be to apply that say in other scenarios would it be more difficult yeah. to apply to the assembly and stuff you know yeah okay Ray, that's my question on over. I mean, was, I thought it was a very good presentation and certainly for us gives us a real insight into the way the other legislators prepare PMB. So, Emer, has anyone else indicated? No? No. Okay, Ray, listen, thanks very much, Philip. Much appreciated. Okay, Chair, you're welcome. Thanks, now. Take care. Thank okay. you, Ray. Bye. Um, so very interesting stuff um, for us anyway to have and really, you know, very concise piece of information. So in terms of the LCM's inquiry and indeed the associated actions, just we've got the, the previous briefing from Ray's on the inter-parliamentary inter relations and we agreed for Emir to bring back a draft committee response on the Westminster Committee inquiry for consideration. So... With that said, at page 30, there's a cover note for me, Moran, and again at page 33 is our draft response to the House of Commons inquiry. So can I just seek your agreement or if you're content with that response or do you have any comments or amendments? I mean, I certainly don't. I think it reflects 
the intention of this committee that we previously expressed, but I'm going to throw it open to others for comment. So, so then can I just assume people are content then? Is that agreed? No hands raised, Carol. That's good stuff. Um, can I um, just check then that the committee is happy that be forwarded to the House of Commons? Yeah. So is that agreed as well? Agreed. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Um, so that also in respect of our LCM inquiry, we've received further car or sorry, we've issued further correspondence to um, the executive office seeking an update on on its response. So really, if we don't receive a response by our last meeting before the recess, the committee should consider whether to progress with its analysis of evidence without input of the executive office. Um, so that's something that we, we need to um, consider. Um, so have have any has any members any views on that? Is content just to agree to the advice that we've received on how to progress this? Agreed. Okay, Emer, I haven't heard any dissension, so I'm just going to accept that as agreement. Okay. Um, in relation to correspondence, um, the, the, from the email we received from the Women's Caucus at page 42 of the pack, um, the Women's Caucus has forwarded a research paper on gender, gender budgeting and education policy, um, which is very good. So are we, are we content to note this at this stage? Agreed? Okay. Um, in terms of our forward work programme, at page 63 is the draft forward work programme for our last meeting before the recess. So we content to agree that forward work programme. Agreed? Agreed. So there's no... Yes. And you'll, the members will note that on the forward work programme, it has a, unscheduled... Yeah. A, from the executive office in relation to committee's ongoing inquiry. It's just that that evidence is sort of a key piece in yeah. the review of LCMs um, in line with the terms of reference. So I note that committee has agreed to move on without it. It's just that it um, will leave a gap and we can just, if, commit, if committee's happy, I'll just cite how many times we sought that update. But that's why it remains unscheduled on the forward work program. Yeah. No, and I mean, Amy, there's nothing you can do unless someone responds to you, but it is important that they have an input. So we can just send another letter off in the hope that we'll get a response. Is that far enough? Okay. Um, there's no chairperson's business. So before we end our closed session, do members have any other business? I just want to, first of all, um, I believe Gary's definitely leaving us this time. <laughs> Is that definitely he's leaving the committee this time? And then Morris too, are they are they going as well? Um Tom, I'm not too sure what the position is, but um I just want to thank him just to have it in the record for their um contributions on this committee and just on behalf of the committee to wish them well. Thank you, Tom. 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 Thank you
Agreed. Okay. So before we end our closed session, the date and time of next meeting is Wednesday, the 30th of June at two o'clock, which is a half an hour earlier. Um, and we can note this provisionally for now, but depending on the outcome of our discussion on our next agenda item, it may be necessary to have an additional meeting um, or an earlier additional meeting. So um, if members agree, can we just, you know, go into closed session now to discuss some of the legal advice and some of the draft, the issues we need to cover regarding member statements and the draft report? Right. So you just broadcast in no emer. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30.